0: Hello, my name is Samuel George London and welcome to Comics for the Apocalypse. On today's episode I speak to comic book writer and super cool dude Leland Bjerg about what comics he would take into a zombie outbreak apocalypse. But before we get into it I'd like to give a quick shout out to our sponsor Comic Scene where you can read comic news and become part of a community of fellow comic lovers. To find out more be sure to visit comicscene.org On a side note, if you enjoy the show today please leave a review for us on iTunes, Spotify or whichever podcast service you use as not only will let me know that you liked it but believe that it helps make other people aware of the show as well. Now, without further ado on with the show hello leland Berg. how's it going
1: it's going great sam i'm really excited to talk to you today
0: me too um it's it's fantastic uh to have you on the podcast and you've got you've got quite um a, a comic to tell listeners about but before that um what do you do in the world of comics
1: um i'm a writer and editor and letterer uh and these days I uh, make my living uh, primarily as a freelance editor uh which is I love doing I find find it really rewarding I like helping other people tell good stories as much as I like telling my own um And yeah that's that's what I get that's that's what I get up to
0: <laughs> Excellent um and uh the comic that you've got on Kickstarter at the moment is a uh, Berserker monk, so tell us about that
1: yeah, so Berserker monk uh started as an exercise. I wanted to to start telling short stories i I'd, I'd made the beginner mistake of starting with a giant epic idea and you know dug myself deeper and deeper into this complex narrative and realized I wasn't quite ready for it, so I wanted to do something more digestible and uh, I'm really into myth and folklore and uh, Joseph Campbell hero's journey type stuff. So I love the idea of, you know, a story that had a bit of meta story to it. Uh, uh, You know, a hero whose legend had grown to the point where when you hear a story about him, you don't know what's true and what isn't necessarily. And and right. so I yeah, yeah, so yeah. I began writing these short stories with this uh, you know with this sort of device of a a group, this a group group of eclectic characters in a tavern and they're all swapping stories and they're trying to sort of figure this this berserker monk out and you know and so I started writing origin stories and and i you know i wrote a few and i liked them all and i and i thought well this is this is just this is cool they can all argue about uh which one who's telling the the true origin story for the hero <laughs> uh and so it so it kind of built from there so i got to just make stuff up and um that 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 even clashed and then just play with that with that conflict um so that was that was how it got rolling and uh we've got a nice uh comic community here where I live in the Okanagan of British Columbia Canada and one of my friends Josh he really liked the stories he got excited about them and he just he was like I'm just going to draw one of these and so he he drew it and knocked it out of the park and we just kind of, we were just kind of like so are we we're doing this thing right right <laughs> and and yeah just awesome. like yes So, so yeah, we, we started, we started telling these stories, um, indie publishing and we're on issue three now, which wraps up our first arc. Uh, so yeah, it's really exciting. Uh, we found an amazing colorist, Gabriel Rodan, Rodan, who's an Argentinian. We've never met him. He's just this brilliant guy that we send, send our work to, and he makes it way better and, and sends it back to us. (laughs)
0: I love that. Yeah. yeah.
1: um <laughs> So so yeah, it's really cool. We just we were just kind of doing this thing, just you know, and and Josh brought brought this like he he's the king of ultra violence. I had originally imagined the story looking more like headlopper, a little more cartoonish, mm, and jo- mm-hmm. and Josh got in there and just and just bloodied it up and made it way more visceral. Um, which yeah, led me
0: quite quite a few graphic scenes <laughs> yeah <for
1: sure. laughs> yeah I mean I you know I had this sort of yeah I was picturing head lopper itchy and scratchy style violence and mm. Josh cranked us up to an R rating uh, which which worked awesome. out worked out beautifully so yeah we're we're launching on Kickstarter pretty quick here um, and yeah I'm, I couldn't be more excited
0: that's awesome man and yeah um as as this episode goes out um your your campaign would have been running for for 24 hours so um it's it's still early days folks so go check out berserker monk and um, by the obviously searching for berserker monk on kickstarter or um you can click on the link in the show notes um but apart from kickstarter where else can people find you online leyland
1: uh they can find me uh on twitter uh, I am, uh, Bjerg Leland on Twitter or Bjergaland, Um, <laughs> and, uh, I have a link tree, uh, link tree slash Leland Rights has got all my various ongoing stuff compiled in one place for you.
0: Awesome. And again, all those links are in the show notes, folks. So go, go feel free to go follow, uh, Leland on social media. Don't follow him in real life. That's just, <laughs> again, That's weird if you do that. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, um, all of that aside, Leland, um, I'm afraid I got some bad news, um, and straight out of, um, uh, of Vancouver, there's been a zombie outbreak. Um, so I'm not, where, whereabouts in
1: BC are you? I'm in Kelowna and I would, ex- I was expecting Vancouver uh, as the source.
0: Yeah. Bingo. always, always, <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, uh, there's a zombie outbreak coming out of Vancouver. Um, so maybe you've got a little bit of time um, to to pull yourself together and kind of come up with a with a plan. And my first question for you is, what is what is that action plan for survival?
1: Uh, well, I am like any good Canadian. I'm very familiar in bushcraft. Uh, so I would be definitely heading out to the country. I'm originally from the Kootenai region, which is basically, uh, where all the mountain hillbillies live here in British Columbia. <laughs> so I would be hightailing it out there, uh, and, and setting up a remote cabin and getting my, well, be rough this time of year. I'd be, I'd be getting a rifle and getting ready to start hunting deer and, mm. and, uh, curing meat <laughs> you bet. but yeah I'd, I'd be going i'd be definitely just like get away from all the population centers kind of strategy and building myself a fort surrounded with sharpened wooden stakes
0: nice nice i like that imagery and is anybody else gonna gonna join you in your sharp wooden forts
1: <laughs> uh yeah i would bring my wife that's it though nobody else has come <laughs> she, she, she makes the grade yeah and my dogs <laughs> uh we have three dogs so Excellent. We'd have uh, cool. We'd have some good good defenses.
0: Nice, nice. Um, and so uh, one uh, lovely evening, you've made it out um to to the sticks, and you've sharpened some sticks and and, and put them around a, a fort in your shelter. Um, and you know you've got plenty of cured meats. Um, and you know I don't know you managed to find some some wine from somewhere. <laughs> um, you got lucky. Um, you managed <laughs> My to find, wife would find the case a lot. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, and uh, yes, the the conversation is flowing, and uh, you try you start to reminisce about the good old days when you could do all sorts of things. And then comics come comes up, and the first question she asks you is, "What's the first comic you remember enjoying?"
1: Oh. Uh, I have to, I have to, I have to go Calvin and Hobbes. That's definitely, uh, I remember finding an old, battered up, um, the first, the first Calvin and Hobbes collection. Uh, and it would have been at my cousin's house and I would have been four or five. And it's the one, I think it's, I think it's the essential Calvin and Hobbes is the first collection. And the back cover is Calvin is imagining himself a giant and he's destroying the downtown of his town. And that, that just captured my imagination. And, um, and yeah, I just began devouring that book. And, you know, we had, when I was a kid, we had the Scholastic book fairs. Uh, I don't know if, is that a, is that a British thing as well? Well
0: Uh, no, not exactly. I I know who Scholastic is. Um, but uh, yeah, no, we didn't we didn't really have kind of you know a publisher specific uh, book fair, but we we would have like book fairs and stuff. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. So at our you know every year there'd be one at our library, uh, you know at my at my school, and there would be a new Calvin and Hobbes, and uh, it was it was mind blowing to me that something so cool appeared in my school once a year.
0: That's. I mean, that is awesome that you had that. I don't know. Do, does every Canadian school get that? Or uh,
1: I don't think it's a thing anymore. But through the mm-hmm. through the eighties and nineties, it it was yeah, it was much. a regular thing, and there'd just be all these amazing That's awesome. books.
0: That's so cool. And then obviously, yeah, this piqued your interest, and um, you devoured it by the by the sounds of it. Um, and so I guess the the love of comics continued um and that continued into the creation of comics so when did you actually start creating your own comics
1: um it's been a good it's been a good while now it's been 6 or 7 years that i have been really going hard at it mm. i i did the thing that i think a lot a lot of us do uh you, you know reach a certain age and either you decide or you might experience a little pressure from peers or parents that Comics or kids stuff. <laughs> and and so I stopped reading comics for for probably fifteen years. And then wow. around when I was in my late twenties, thirties, I picked up Skull Kickers. Of all yeah, I picked up a copy of Skull Kickers, which is Jim Zubb's uh sort of um Army of Darkness comedic fantasy, action fantasy series and and that was that was the trigger they just pulled me right back in I totally it just reminded me how much I loved comics how 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 fun they are how they just click with my brain and from there I jumped into Hellboy which and and felt (laughs) felt Mm -hmm. tremendous regret because a friend of mine that was very passionate about art in, in high school was obsessed with Mike Mignola and Hellboy and was like shoving copies of Hellboy at me and I and I was busy being emo and writing poetry and like oh I'm that's comic books (laughs) uh and yeah so so years later start buying Hellboy collections and just you know yeah fell in love you know continued falling in love with comics all over again became obsessed you know have a big wall full of books comic books now and pretty quickly was like this is i want to i want to do this i want to make these
0: nice man that's awesome um and obviously that that brings us up to um the present with um berserker monks uh monk uh so that's absolutely awesome and I, i i hope that you're trying to kind of just keep on keep on pushing it um and is is your plan to try and um fully make this your full-time profession
1: yeah yeah and and i'm pretty um you know i'm pretty flexible i'm i'm turning 40 this year which seems you know that's that's bearing down on me in a couple <laughs> months uh same <laughs> <laughs> it's coming <Yeah. laughs> um but it's it's so nice to I don't know, have a little bit of perspective because when I was 20, I wanted to make music. I was obsessed with hip hop and making beats. And so I was pursuing being an artist that way. Uh, and being young, my conception of success was, well, I need to be Kanye West and, Mm -hmm. um, it's nice to be at this place, you know, having 20 years of experience and, and, and now my I just wanna be one of those I think this is I'm actually I'm I think I'm quoting Seinfeld. I, I love this quote from Jerry Seinfeld. You know, he never wanted to be Jerry Seinfeld, he just wanted to be a comedian. He wanted to you know, he he mm. went to the comedy clubs, he's like, I wanna be one of those guys. And that's mm. that's where I'm at now. Like, I just wanna be one of those guys. I just want I, I and I am now. Nice. I make comics, I, I edit people's comics, and you know, and yeah, it's 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 great. And it's like, oh I can, you know. I what what I thought was a you know this giant leap between being a nobody and being a success when I was young mm-hmm. I've learned oh there's all these gradations and every step towards mm-hmm. the top of the ziggurat is gratifying.
0: That's awesome, man. That's great, fantastic. Uh, now uh, going back to the wine um, and the sharpened sticks, the next question that your wife asks you, is what's the funniest comic that you've read?
1: Ooh. uh, Well, I'm going to double dip here, but I mean, Calvin and Hobbes, I can think of the single funniest strip of Calvin and Hobbes Mm. that made me and one of my friends burst out laughing in class as we read it together and get in trouble. It's, It's the one where Calvin and Hobbes are watching a bug fly and one of them asks you know, why do bugs fly in such crazy loopy arcs? Uh, you know, don't they get dizzy and barf? Mm. And the other one responds, maybe bugs like to barf. <laughs> and, <laughs> and we just, yeah, just, I still think that observation is really hilarious. To think of that. I don't know
0: what was in, of course, but. <laughs> uh,
1: you know, and then, and then, and I love that comic too, like, because we had the parallel experience of, you know they Calvin and Hobbes bust a gut laughing, and then as they're walking away, wiping tears from their eyes, they say, "You know, it's it's it, it's it's so valuable to have uh, a friend to share thoughts like that with." And and me and my friend had done this; we had read the comic and laughed together, and gotten in trouble together, and bonded over it. Uh, so there's this funny sort of parallel that happened in real life. But yeah, that's that bugs barfing. Is the funniest comic I've ever read. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's brilliant. I, I love that it's still making you laugh now. Um that's uh that's wonderful. Uh now, um switching gears a little bit, um what's the saddest comic that you've read?
1: Uh oh uh the saddest comic I think is Why The Last Man and that final issue. Mm. Uh that it's it chokes me up every time and i guess spoiler warning for anyone who hasn't read why the last man you're listening to an, a a podcast about uh, the uh, comics in the apocalypse so why haven't you read why the last man <laughs> yeah
0: it should be prepared <laughs> yeah uh
1: but when he gives the the uh poisoned grape to ampersand and yeah. and it goes wrong and ampersand is in pain and dying in his arms mm. uh that's something as a pet owner that that i just you know i feel just right right in my guts like a like an icy knife because i think that's you know once you take responsibility for another living thing you know you are you are bound to them and you you have a tremendous responsibility for them and the thought of messing up in a in a way like that really just cuts me to the quick
0: yeah straight up um yeah that's that's way up there um and uh really really hits things home because <laughs> um, obviously it's it's kind of yeah the whole story worked up to that point as well um mm-hmm. and it it almost feels like brian k vaughn probably had that ending like from the beginning i don't know
1: yeah no i i i'm a big brian k vaughn fan and i wonder about his methods a lot i think he knows the landmarks but he's mm. he's playing jazz between those mm-hmm. landmarks in so. a lot of cases and it's really impressive how well mm-hmm. he weaves he you know every i mean every scene is perfect every scene has has clear tension and uh, yeah i could i could <laughs> i'm going to get going mm. if i if but but yeah then you have that that final i feel like that final issue it hits so mm-hmm. hard and it's such a complete exploration of the character mm-hmm. and a farewell. He was work. I like, he might've been working on that for, you know, three years. Yeah. You know, and he, okay, the finish line's coming because yeah, it's just, it's perfect. I think it's one of the best finales in, in all of comics. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. it's um, it's a it's a good one for sure. Um now, uh switching gears once again. What's
1: the scariest comic that you've read? The scariest comic. Uh well, we're we're in the zombie apocalypse. Uh The Walking mm-hmm. Dead definitely chilled me a few times. The um the one that always sticks with me is it's it's kind of interesting because it's not a horror moment for the heroes. Uh the tainted meat scene and I can't remember the character's mm. name but it's he gets captured by cannibals and they and they eat he wakes up and they've eaten his leg and the joke should be on him. Uh, this is mm. such an amazing t- twist by Robert Kirkman because he pulls up his sleeve and he's been bit by a zombie and he starts laughing at the cannibals and and you know and screaming tainted meat you've all eaten tainted meat. And, and I, I love, I think that's such, such an exemplary horror moment because Mm -hmm. to me, you know, it's easy to just think horror is, is gore and fear, but to, you know, to me, the best horror is, is confronting something deeply unsettling. And, and so, you know, having, having one of the heroes at a, at a complete disadvantage and yet he's he's gloating he has this win because he's <laughs> dying from a zombie infection and he gets to he gets to twist the cannibalism back on the cannibals it's it's exactly. such a perfect oh so perfect and so chilling it is
0: it's an inspired moment um by Kirkman really uh that one um and uh yeah no that's a, that's a it's a, it's a satisfying moment but also a disturbing moment isn't it oh and, <laughs> like, and, and then you go yeah. oh and he's
1: gonna he's gonna turn he's this is like this is the last win yeah this is the last, saying, win. Is the yeah, is the last <laughs> win he gets and it's over the cannibals who are eating him it's it's incredible yeah, i get,
0: I guess i'd kind of yeah um gloat as much as i could because that'd be like your last moment <laughs> so yeah. just, just just lean into it you know <laughs> just like have a have the most maniacal laugh possible oh like yeah on your way
1: out i guess oh yeah well and you know oh i i thought i thought there were going to be no more silver linings after being bit by a zombie and captured by cannibals yeah, right. but no we made lemonade <laughs> even even here
0: <laughs> very nice very nice that's fantastic now moving on to my favorite question uh, and that is what is your favorite cover
1: my favorite cover oh see i'm 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 terrible i'm actually i i'm terrible about art i am a comic lover who who tends to skim past the art uh, but of uh, you know mm-hmm. i i was i was thinking about this and um I'm I'm going to you know I I I definitely my favorite books are my favorites. I want to pretend like like I want to show off my breadth of comic knowledge uh but uh I know we're going to talk about Watchmen more I'm sure. And so my favorite covers are the Watchmen covers. The fact that mm-hmm. they pull you into the book that the cover is the first panel of of every issue. Uh I I yeah, I lo- I love every everything about Watchmen is my comics bible basically and um I love yeah, just that I- iconic smiley face I I think it's I think it's just fantastic and and sets up the um incredible repetitive, you know, repeated icon- iconography of the whole series
0: for sure um yeah it's it's without a doubt probably the most iconic graphic novel um of our of our time really isn't it um they even made the what was it the top 100 um books of all time yeah i think that um from time yeah yeah and that's like you know all books you know literature and um well prose and and graphic novels and comics and things um which it was, i think it's the it was the only one that, that yeah made they didn't it in, they uh, didn't
1: put yeah. mouse on there, eh which seems like the other the other yeah, great graphic novel that's right yeah it's the yeah. other great graphic novel that even uh literary snobs for for yeah will will go oh yeah that's that's real that's a real book um mm. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's allowed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're not a man child if you read Watchmen and Mouse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anything
0: else though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's
0: it. Um, now, um, what comic
1: do you repeatedly read the most? Uh, Watchmen. I I read it at least okay. once a year. Um, mm-hmm. I And I've spent, I did a, I'm reposting it right now on my Substack, which you can find through my link tree. Uh, Bingo. Uh, I did a really deep dive into the story structure of Watchmen. Watchmen has this incredible—I think it exemplifies episodic storytelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, every every issue of Watchmen tells its own really good story, or multiple small small stories, and then you know all twelve issues come together to to create this grand interlocking narrative and uh I can yeah I I find something every time I reopen Watchmen
0: It's impressive um 100% isn't it um and I I I love just revisiting a story particularly something like Watchmen um where you are you are able to pick new things up um it's uh it's amazing and very aspirational.
1: Yes, <laughs> yes. I, I'm I, aspirational is the healthy way of describing it because the other feeling I get sometimes is just like I should give up.
0: Yeah. <laughs> these, yeah. Why am I even two, trying? <laughs>
1: these two are such geniuses. There is so much meaning layered here. If they did all this on purpose, why? Why am I even trying? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, man, I hear you there. But uh we have all got to start somewhere, haven't we? Absolutely. Um and, uh, yeah, no, it's all good. Uh now, um, what's the most meaningful comic to you? Uh
1: the most meaningful comic for me is Hellboy. Uh and it's meaningful to me because and I'm I made a I made a comic about it that came out earlier this year called Capsules. Uh my wife has post-traumatic stress disorder. She worked in an emergency room for almost a decade and uh got got quite ill from doing so and was the sort of hard worker Mm who uh who put her head down and thought about the people she was taking care of first for Mm -hmm. for longer than she should have um Mm -hmm. and so we went through a very hard time where she was very sick and uh hellboy was the sort of hero i needed in in that time um this this unstoppable force who's not perfect but never gives up and and just keeps going and yeah that um that book really it really helped me <laughs> and and it you sure, know, was was uh you, you know i i guess yeah one of the one of the things that really contributed to me wanting to make comics like i want to tell stories that that help other people make sense of things and and push past uh obstacles in their lives
0: 100 percent, man that's amazing and it's <clears throat> it's so amazing that stories can do that isn't it and and you know as it as a writer you want to be able to pass that on to somebody don't you yeah um, in a way um not that you know you kind of you're setting out to like you know tailor it to somebody's life but you're right from your own life experiences and then other people experience that type of situation um and they'll hopefully be able to draw that same um form of inspiration from it to to, to keep going um and to see light at the end of the tunnel and, and and you know work through it
1: yeah yeah we're all we're all just ready to connect right mm-hmm. it doesn't you know it we're yeah. It it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have, you know, it's how much, how much a, a comic book about a half deep, you know, half demon, half man, <laughs> guy with his horn sawed off, punching gorillas pertains to yeah, right. uh, being a caregiver for someone with PTSD. <laughs> Not so much, but it, <laughs> it it, it had what I needed
0: exactly man that's beautiful that's beautiful um now uh what's the most underrated comic uh
1: my yeah my underrated comic is definitely the uh the archie ninja turtle adventures series nice uh i loved those as a kid they were the they were the comic that came to my small town i i had about five options and i would generally buy them all uh but the the ninja turtles Adventures books, I collected them from issue 8 to issue 50 or something like that. Wow. And they're a ton of fun. The The character designs are so good. The, those guys were just ch- churning out, I think because they wanted to make action figures, but they were mm-hmm. churning out these delightful character designs. All the mutant animals are are so brilliant. Uh, so well designed their their animal nature is integrated into their characters in creative ways i think about the all the copycat stuff that came out in the early 90s and late 80s you know trying to get on the ninja turtles bandwagon biker mice from Mm -hmm. mars was samurai
0: pizza cats
1: samurai pizza cats (laughs) and and you know the yeah they kind of figured out the formula but but the execution was not was not mm. the same as what Eastman and Laird were putting out even when they weren't writing the comics themselves even when they were franchising mm. uh those books are fun they explored inter- interesting concepts about environmentalism and responsibility uh, you know i'm i'm pretty happy that you know 8 to 11 or 12 year old me was was being shaped by those books cuz i i think they're super cool
0: 100%, man. That's awesome. Um, and yeah, it's funny how kind of you know those sorts of things, like an an inspired crea- creator, you know, makes them, um, and then you know, corporate world just tries to copy what they did, and you just you're never gonna get that lightning in the bottle again, really. Yeah, really. yeah. Um, well, there's those.
1: It's... I'm, I'm, you know. I'm always trying to quantify everything. I, I have, mm-hmm. I have a little bit of a scientist brain, despite also having a creative brain. So I always want, I always want to put the lightning in a bottle. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, there, there's all those. You see the super? Yeah, I mean, Samurai Pizza Cats is the is the perfect example of a, like a corporate. Well, we're just gonna take the four words from Ninja Turtles and think of similar things. There, there we go. Totally. And, 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 it's,
0: and that's it like you know ninja samurai the tail's like pizza cool what animal hasn't been done yet
1: cats there you go yeah.
0: that, that was the brainstorming session yeah you know
1: and and not realizing that that beneath that are all these themes about family and brotherhood and and coming of age and right like like actual really powerful exactly. archetypal stuff
0: yeah and and trying to learn learn from your mentor and kind of you know maybe rebelling and then realizing that your mentor had a point yeah <laughs> like
1: that. yeah and it's it's you know the pizza is 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 the least important part
0: yeah, I tell you that's just kind of, you know, that's some some nice furniture that's there that kind of, you know, it, it brings them together. You know, they all love pizza and they all, you know, yeah. after 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 a nice fight and a and a lesson learned, they they'll have yeah. pizza but And sometimes you know, it's a de- it's a
1: device fun. to get Michelangelo in trouble, right? He's he's going to yes. he's going to yeah, risk yeah. his neck for some pizza. Great. <laughs> but he could love hamburgers. They could love hamburgers and ninja turtles would still yeah. be awesome. <laughs> exactly man exactly that that's great uh now uh moving on
0: to our last question if you could only take one comic into the apocalypse which would
1: it be i was i've been thinking about this one since you sent me the the primer mm. uh can i give two can i cheat and give two I cuz I would be torn. Sure, no. I would be torn on um, the one uh I think Watchmen would give me the most value. I think mm-hmm. that would be that would be the most repeat reads. But uh but I think I would take Hellboy. I think Hellboy is the comic I love the most. I I and nice. I I would and if I'm in the apocalypse, I'm going to need some inspiration to keep going. Yeah.
0: Absolutely, sounds perfect. Um, And then alongside the entire works of Hellboy, um, what weapon tool or useful item would you like to take with you as well?
1: Uh, I would bring... I would want a really good axe. I'd want a a good two-handed axe. Uh, Actually, with a splitting maul on the back end, I would want a custom axe. I would want one sharp edge for chopping and i would want one Mm -hmm. um broad dull edge for splitting both wood and zombie skulls because i don't think you i don't think you want a sharp axe for fighting zombies i think you want a good blunt Mm. edge that won't get stuck in anything and can crack skulls really well
0: nice nice you're definitely right about that you do not want to get stuck um at any point do you you want it you want it coming out clean um but so uh, yeah, I I was also thinking um, that the the kind of the axe blade, you know, handgun musker musket uh, type <laughs> thing that you that you put in in <laughs> you know, Berserker Monk would have been quite good as well. But uh, yeah, no,
1: <laughs> yeah, those are those are real. By the way, I want to like right. Okay, I, I, I dream. Right, I, I, I was like, oh, combo melee. Uh, pistol, and then did a little googling. It was like, oh, it was done, uh, <laughs> and and yeah, I had I I had a lot of fun with uh, with Captain Lovely's, uh axe blade flintlocks in the opening story of Berserker <laughs> Monk, and yeah, I was I was a little disappointed to learn that somebody in the seventeen hundreds came up with them first. I guess they ah, I guess they stop. didn't take off because I imagine chopping with your with your musket uh, yeah. too much throws off your aim a little bit
0: <laughs> it, it looks cool but <laughs> it's not it's not entirely practical <laughs> totally well uh Leland Bjerg um this has been an absolute pleasure and thank you for for sharing your comics with the apocalypse um and for the listeners one more time where can they find you online
1: uh you can find me at uh Bjergaland on twitter that's B J E R G L E L A N D, my name is very difficult to spell. <laughs> uh, or uh Linktree slash Leland Rights. Excellent.
0: Um and then in the in the near future, do you have any cons coming up?
1: I will be at the Pentacon, which is here in the Okanagan, on the weekend of October twenty second
0: cool man so you know if you if any listeners out there are in the area make sure that you go along and uh and you can say hello to to leland in the flesh um and uh other than that uh again leland thank you so much uh for sharing your comments for the apocalypse it really has been a pleasure and uh yeah if you if you're ever across the pond in the uk make sure you hit me up and it'd be good to uh, connect in person
1: absolutely sam it's it's been wonderful speaking with you
0: excellent right you take it easy man and best of luck with the rest of the campaign
1: thanks very much talk to you later bye
0: thanks again to leland for being on comics for the apocalypse it was an absolute pleasure if you enjoyed the show please leave a review for us on itunes spotify or whichever podcast service you use as not only will i mean know that you liked it but I believe that it helps make other people aware of the show as well If you'd like to check out Leland's work or follow him on social media, those links are in the show notes along with all our links to the various areas of the internet. Speaking of which, if you haven't already, be sure to visit Comic Scene's website at comicscene.org for comic news and other fun sequential art stuff. And finally, as long as the apocalypse doesn't come to pass in the near future, I'll see you next time. Bye for now.